Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome into the Tuesday, August the 6th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and... As always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, training camp is a wrap. The team will be off tomorrow before Thursday's preseason opener, and we'll get you all the latest from Tuesday's practice, including some Brian Flores comments on starters, who was available, who missed practice, and the updates from the beat writers. Plus, we play a game of what's more likely. All of that and more, but first, before any of it, I kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. We stayed in the top 200 on iTunes throughout the course of the entire training camp session here with the Miami Dolphins, and we did 75,000 downloads in 10 days during my trip to South Florida. Thank you all so much for that. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at WingfieldNFL. The show is at LockedOnFins. You can find all of the written content with the daily journals, as well as a Jerome Baker piece dropping tomorrow up on LockedOnDolphins.com. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, like the rebranded Locked On NFL podcast with the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and host Brian Peacock, Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. That's another Miami Dolphins. Hey, look at that. We're jumping right in today, and we start with some injury news from Monday as the Dolphins announced on Monday that linebacker Mike Hole was going to be added to the injured reserve. His season is once again over. A tough go for the fourth-year linebacker looking to make his way on special teams. Doesn't sound like that's going to happen for him, and his Dolphins' future is very much in jeopardy. The best news of the day occurs at the same position as linebacker Jerome Baker was back at practice after the scare on Monday. A very, very welcome sight for Miami's second, maybe third best performer throughout camp so far. And keep an eye on Baker as a possible team captain down the stretch. They've raved about his leadership ability. Also keep an eye on LockedOnDolphins.com for a feature on Jerome Baker and how he can excel in this defense doing the stuff that has made him successful so far in the early goings of camp. Other injury news also at the linebacker spot. Kiko Alonso was back yesterday, but today he's back on the stationary bike and hopefully his lack of playing time continues to expose that there are better options behind him on this roster, even though Coach Flores mentioned the many defensive packages this defense wants to run, which is good to hear him say that, to just further confirm things for us, and how Kiko fits into a lot of those packages. Now that part, that part's not true. I'll believe that when I see it. Coaches are going to give you some truth, but mostly it's going to be full of hot air. Other non-practice participants on Tuesday, and you'd have to think that these guys are going to be non-participants for the game on Thursday. Chase Allen, he gone. Let's be real about that. Jakeem Grant, he wasn't out there. Zach Stirrup, and that's rough news for a guy that really needs some good games and some better practices going forward because his game tape from the past has not been good. He hasn't stood out in practice. It's just not been good for Zach Stirrup, a guy they seem really intent on giving opportunities to earn work on this team. Rashad Jones continues to collect cash on the sideline, and he's thrilled about that. Raquan McMillan did not practice. Eric Rowe and Jonathan Woodard also did not practice on Tuesday. 
and some more on the Eric Rowe news and what it means for cornerbacks behind him here in just one second. Not only is Dwayne Allen back at practice, he finally participated in team drills in the 11-on-11, the very first time we have seen that. He was kind of grimacing in the practices that I saw going through the individual drills. Now, he does look different than the rest of the tight end group. He is absolutely racked up, a large human being, but he did hurt himself the first day back, wound up going over to the stationary bike on day number two, but it sounds like he's getting back and should be good to go if things continue to progress this way for opening day in September. And it's an interesting development to me because he was listed behind all the tight ends on the depth chart, even Chris Myrick and even Clive Walford, not because that's where I think he'll stay, but because I thought that meant that maybe he was a little bit further away from getting back from that injury. I talked about Eric Rowe. How about the rest of these lineups we saw on Tuesday's practice? Undrafted free agent from UTEP, Nick Needham. You guys recall Shannon Needham, his mother, did the podcast about a month ago. He continues to get run with the first team opposite Xavier Howard. And this is a development here for the youngster. We talked about Nick's footwork, his technique, his competitive toughness, ball tracking and tackling skills. Quite literally, Brian Flores' manual for playing the position of cornerback. And he's been a guy that has consistently progressed and improved throughout camp. And that's going to be something you watch for. It's not about how good you were day one all the way through day 10. It's about how did you build up through that for a guy who's young and hasn't been through the grind of a training camp yet. Well, Needham is checking those boxes. I think he stands a great chance to make this team as backup cornerback depth, at very worst, probably a practice squad guy. And it all coincides with the fact that Josh Boyer's resume for undrafted free agents is really, really damn good. And with Montre Hardage sliding back into more of a safety role, I kind of thought those two guys were competing. It sounds more and more likely that the Dolphins could be going after a pair of UDFAs here in the secondary for that opening day roster. As for the guys that Needham and Hardage are trying to stop, we've got a starting lineup on the offense basically announced. Coach Flores says that Fitzpatrick will start the game on Thursday. No surprise there, but doesn't rule out Josh Rosen getting reps with the first team. I suspect that if Rosen plays well on Thursday and Fitz does not, we'll come back to a split workload or at least some reps for Josh Rosen with the first team when the team resumes practice next weekend or this coming weekend. The receiver group is pretty much decided right now as far as the guys that are healthy. The first unit goes Parker, Stills, and Ford. They will start the game on Thursday. And the second group has been Preston Williams, Bryce Butler, and Alan Hearns. A nod to the veterans in a way, but also kind of weird because they listed Trenton Irwin above two of those guys on the official depth chart on Monday. Irwin himself continues to get work as a return man, but Kenyon Drake and Isaiah Ford have been the primaries while Jakeem Grant gets back and the offensive line stays the same as it has been. No changes on the front seven on the defense. And when we come back, we'll send it around camp for the notes from the beat guys on Tuesday's practice. But first, this episode of the Locked On Dolphins podcast is brought to you by Five Star Painting, a neighborly company. Five Star Painting is looking for new owners to join their growing company. Could this be a perfect opportunity for you? Are you driven? Do you have the heartbeat of an entrepreneur? If you're interested in running your own business, text 5STAR to 87000 right now to learn more about 5STAR. Choosing to start your business with 5STAR Painting means setting yourself up for success by surrounding yourself with the best in the business and the best at the business. With 5STAR Painting, you'll be your own boss 
pick your own territory, set your own hours, and live a better quality of life running a business that you can be proud of. You'll have access to the best resources to help you scale your landscape business to meet your personal and professional goals, and you will go home every day with the satisfaction of helping your customers enhance and maintain the beauty of their homes. As a five-star painting owner, you'll also be part of the greater Neighborly community of home service brands. Neighborly has empowered more than 3,700 entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams and goals through local business ownership. No one knows the home service industry better than Neighborly. Every year, nearly 1 million customers are proudly served by one of Neighborly's 22 award-winning brands, some of which include Mosquito Joe, Molly Maid, Glass Doctor, and Mr. Rooter. Take it from me, guys. There is nothing better than running your own business and being able to set your own hours and being your own boss. It has been the best decision I have ever made. If you're interested in doing the same, you have to check out Five Star. Whether you're thinking about starting your own business or you're already running your own painting company, text Five Star to 87,000 to learn more about how a Five Star painting franchise can help you get where you want to go faster than going at it alone. Again, text F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R-87000 to learn more about the neighborly brands that may be available in your area. And we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Dolphins podcast. It's a sunny, hot August the 6th, Tuesday afternoon here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. A busy day for me, the first of three podcasts I'm going to record today. And I'm hopping on the mic with Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons later this afternoon to record our crossover preview show for the game on Thursday night. We have football back for you guys here in about 48 hours. That episode will be out first thing Thursday morning along with a written preview up on LockedOnDolphins.com. I'm also going to record tomorrow's show tonight, which is a dive back into the mailbag. we got about 25 questions from you guys, as well as a feature on potential breakout linebacker Jerome Baker, who right now looks to be the focal point of these very dynamic and very diverse pass rush packages and blitz packages that Brian Flores is throwing at the offense. And Baker could also earn his spot as a team captain. We'll talk about all of that in the piece and on the podcast. It's probably safe to assume that Ryan Fitzpatrick will be a captain on the offensive side of the ball so long as he holds off Josh Rosen for opening day, which I still think that he will, but he starts off with the ones. But what about the offensive line in front of him? We should see plenty of different combinations on Thursday night. Flores himself went as far on Tuesday to say as much. He mentioned the work of Chris Reed as the second team center who basically started off at right guard to open up training camp the first two days before the team went into pads. And he looked terrific. It was a lot of the hand placement and getting your footwork right. The stuff that you can focus on when you don't have the entire pad get up on, when you're just in the shells, the things that put you in position to make a play once you can physically make the hit. And then, of course, the pads come on and you can make the hit. And that's where Chris Reed began to kind of fall off in training camp. I don't know how he was today or yesterday, but I know that when I was there, he struggled a lot with that physical aspect of the game on the interior and was responsible largely for a lot of the pressure and some of the woes on the interior offensive line against 
the running defense of the Miami Dolphins and that interior defensive line that I think is actually pretty damn good. But they do want to get Cress Reed cross-trained at both right guard and backup center because we know Dan Kilgore's injury history, and that's kind of the theme of camp so far. And it's just as much about getting him cross-trained to me as it is about getting Calhoun those first-team reps. You wonder if they just want to get Calhoun ready to step off the bench in the event of one of those injuries, which is going to happen. It happens every year on every offensive line. And then just make everybody else move around the line while the rookie sustains that right guard job and just gets plugged into the right guard and everybody else kind of falls in line accordingly. So maybe they'll go with Davis at right guard and slide Jordan Mills back into the right tackle spot. I don't know. You guys know what my ideal offensive line is. It goes Tunzel, Dieter, Kilgore, Reed, and Davis. That has not changed basically since April when they drafted Michael Dieter. But that might not be what we get to start the season. There has been and will continue to be a cross-train aspect, a cross-train mentality across the entire roster. Even though Flores has said multiple times he needs his offensive line playing as a unit, playing as one, not as five individuals, they do seem intent on running out different combinations to get the most information back from those guys. And he actually answered a question at a press conference right before I was going to ask it about how quickly they wanted to identify that. And he basically said, well, tomorrow would be great, but we're just not there yet. So they're very intent on finding out who the best five guys are. And then I imagine once we get into the season, we'll try to see more of a consistent push towards getting that continuity and synchronicity down between the offensive line. All right, let's go ahead and do a quick rundown of the Twitter beat. I do wish that I can continue to give you guys my first-hand accounts here because I'm really the only person that I trust on this stuff. But luckily, this is the last one you've really got available to the public. So soon, we'll just start talking more about gameplay, game tape, and get this damn depth chart this damn depth chart sorted from the top down to the bottom. It sounds like Mike Kosicki was having a nice day on Tuesday. He hauled in some passes, including a touchdown and teamwork that was greeted by a celebration by the entire offensive unit. Maybe something of a bit of a culmination of some hard work for Gasecki, who struggled through camp. And this team really does need Mike Kosicki to step up. I think he's the catalyst of that tight end group. And he's really the only one capable of doing the things that he is capable of doing in that position group. And even though his functional strength was still a severe problem from what I saw, perhaps they can find a way to get him detached and get him out of the middle of the field and allow him to do his business on the edges and down in the red zone. A side note at practice, this came from Chris Perkins of The Athletic. An elderly man tripped and fell in the stands at practice on Tuesday. Some people rushed to his aid. And one of those people that saw it and came over was Brian Flores. Brian freaking Flores comes over to assist the old man I just love this guy, and I'm not even afraid to say it. The old man was taken to the paramedics, and I guess taken to the hospital, but it sounds like he's going to be okay. But Brian Flores being Johnny on the spot, that's just really cool to hear. Back on the field, it was a light day of practice, but we've got some notes on some following players. Not very much, but there is some out there. I'm sure if I was there, there'd be about 3,000 times more notes on the podcast and on Twitter. But Nate, Nate Orchard picks up a sack at practice. He's primarily worked, from what I saw, in that nose position in a three-point stance while everybody else stands around in that amoeba look, the package that the Patriots hauled out last year right around midseason to get their defense playing at another level, and it certainly worked, but he comes off the middle of the package on that amoeba look. He also comes down as a backup edge linebacker coming down off the line of scrimmage on the ball in the same type of role we've seen with Andrew Van Ginkle. I do think Orchard is one of the many guys right now that's making Kiko Alonso 
Alonzo expendable on this roster. We'll have more on that in the third segment. Patrick Laird, the running back from Cal, continues to get plenty of action. He's pretty well ahead of Miles Gaskin at this point, if you ask me. He continues to work ahead of him on the third team, and the riding may be on the wall for Gaskin as Laird features a little bit more versatility in the passing game and the running game. Gaskin didn't do a whole lot of work in the passing game at UW, but I do think he's capable of it. I think he eventually probably gets stashed on the practice squad. He could get plucked. But I don't really think that's something the Dolphins are going to worry about right now because he's comfortably behind guys like Drake Bellage, obviously, and then Mark Walton and Patrick Laird and even Chandler Cox at fullback. He's got a ways to go, does the former UW Husky. Josh Rosen dialed up some more nice passes, it sounds like, and we had that shot in the turkey hole at yesterday's practice that was debated on Twitter. Look, that's a good throw. That red line at practice that's on every single practice field in America, whether or not you've seen it or not, those lines are out there to dictate where the receiver wants to be in the route and how the defensive back wants to pin the receiver into the sideline and use the boundary as another defender on the defense. So really, it just serves a purpose for landmarks, both for the offense and the defense. But Preston Williams ran a little fade route, a little nine ball up that turkey hole, which is basically the soft spot in a cover two coverage. What you want to do against cover two, since you're going to have an underneath corner and safety help to one side of the field, you have three pockets you can pass the ball against in cover two. It's deep down the seam and also in the intermediate portion of the field off to the corners on the sidelines where the vulnerability is underneath the safety and over the top of the corner. And that throw requires a certain amount of zip and spin and velocity to get some power behind the ball to get it up over the corner, but also the spin and the velocity to have the ball drop in and descend underneath the safety. And that was a throw that Rosen made to Preston Williams on Monday. And the cover two shot you want to see here, you're going to see a lot of smash concepts. And a smash concept is basically a two-man route combination where somebody will run and take the cornerback underneath with a hitch or a slant or some type of route that stops that cornerback from getting depth to cover that corner route. And the slot guy will take his route into the corner or possibly a fade or something up the sideline to create that gap in that space. So you'll often see a tight end take the seam up the middle to try to move the safety, a hitch route on the outside to try to hold the corner, and then somebody on the inside, a slot receiver, taking the route to the corner or a fade from that spot. That's how you beat cover two. That's what they did. Preston Williams and Josh Rosen looked good on that. And I'm just really excited to see Josh Rosen play in some game action. I know that I've been very tough on the kid and that I don't have high expectations for him, but it benefits everybody if he plays well. I want to see it rather badly, actually. It was a light day of practice, so that's pretty much it. Let's head into our final break here. But first, I want to tell you guys about Locked On Fantasy Football. Fantasy football players out there, make sure you listen to Vinny Iyer of Locked On Fantasy Football. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years covering fantasy football. Shoot, I didn't even know fantasy football has been around for 20 years. But don't listen to the same stuff as everyone else because then you're the exact same as them. Get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. It's Locked On Fantasy Football on your favorite podcast provider on the Locked On Podcast Network. Sometimes I'll pull some segments from some other podcasts I listen to, and I very shamelessly pulled this one we're going to do in the third segment here for the Tuesday, August the 6th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I pulled it from the Around the NFL podcast, which, if you haven't heard before, 
It's just a lot of fun. You won't learn a lot about football, but the four hosts have a great rapport and it makes it a very entertaining show. It's part of the NFL Podcast Network. Check them out. This game is called What's More Likely, and this was definitely born out of a late night thought that I had. A lot of times ideas that get into the podcast come from when I'm lying in bed or not sleeping, and if I remember them the following morning, they get into the show, or I'll write them down and put a question mark next to it and ask myself, is this still good? And if the answer is yes the next day after I check it again, then it gets into the show. And I had about six of these, but for the sake of full transparency, I forgot three of them, so we've got three of them to do on the show today, plus a bonus from me personally at the end that I think you guys will enjoy. And I'm going to put these on Twitter in a thread just as soon as I'm done recording the podcast, so go vote on those. Up first, my favorite one. What's more likely, Christian Wilkins picks up four sacks as a rookie, or Minka Fitzpatrick doubles his interception total and nabs four INTs this season? Well, opportunity is the first part you look at here, right? Which, by the way, a weird story, a weird tangent. I also use the same mode of thinking when it comes to my tweets. Is it still a good idea the next day? And I almost tweeted something sappy and stupid the other day about my own personal growth and how success comes when preparation meets opportunity. And that was going to be sent out the day before I left to come back home. And I think it's safe to say that my preparation is on point and the opportunity that I had the last two weeks was pretty spectacular. And then... At the Fort Lauderdale airport the other day, I got some awful airport Chinese food and sure enough, my fortune cookie comes out and says, success occurs when preparation meets opportunity. Just one of those weird things that happens. But both these young players are going to have a lot of opportunity. I think Christian Wilkins probably sees 75 to 80% of the snaps, which is a crazy workload for a rookie, but he's out there all the damn time and just about every single package and front this team employs. I don't think Minka is ever going to leave the field, so I think that Wilkins is going to have to do more to free up other pass rushers in this scheme, but I do think that he can get there, and frankly... I wanted to say Minka for this what's more likely, four picks for Minka or four sacks for Wilkins, but he's been so damn good in coverage that teams might not really try him all that much. So I'll say that Minka winds up with, let's call it three picks, and Christian does in fact get four, maybe even five. So what's more likely? Christian Wilkins hits that number with four sacks. Next, what's more likely? Devontae Parker gains 1,000 receiving yards or Kenyon Drake gains 1,000 rushing yards? Again, opportunity, right? Devontae has every opportunity to stay on the field for almost every snap if he continues to earn it like he has so far. So I think that if, if, a big if, he does that, which is a strong claim since he never has, then he has a chance to get to 1,000 yards. But even still, between Preston Williams making his potential splash on top of Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, and Kenny Stills, 1,000 yards might be Parker's goal here. But frankly, I don't know if any of these guys will get to 1,000 yards, and he's certainly not my first pick to do it. And then there's Kenyon Drake, and we're all frustrated by Drake's usage throughout the first three years of his career, but there's an explanation for it. Again, I can't detail that why exactly, but I do think that his opportunity is greater, even if it's more likely to get a healthy chunk of his game, his work rather, in the passing game. But between what I expect to be 200 carries, for a guy that averages over 5 yards per carry and has big play potential, it's Kenyon Drake here. It's more likely that Kenyon Drake goes for 1,000 rushing than Devontae Parker goes for 1,000 receiving. 
What's more likely, Rashad Jones or Kiko Alonso playing 60% or more of the defensive snaps? And this sounds crazy if you go back just one year ago to pose this question. And it also seemed obvious at first this year, but I do wonder how long either of these guys will take to get back on the field. Alonzo used to be an injury case before he got here. Lucky us, right? But Jones' situation seems so odd. Both have been relegated to backup duty in the early portions of camp. We know about Jones missing OTAs. But I think you look at the makeup of the defense and these two players, and there's just going to be more in the plans for Jones, even though Flores told us that Kiko fits in multiple packages across the defense, which I'll see it when I, I'll believe it when I see it rather. I think it's much more likely that Jones plays that many because there's actually a real chance that Alonzo doesn't make it to opening day, in my opinion. And how about this one? I got to thinking about this late last night and it fell in that same category of, is this one still a good idea? And in light of the Fredo and Dono show and their cancellation, it got me thinking about how I would feel if I woke up tomorrow and Locked On Dolphins wasn't a part of my life. Like, I can't even fathom what that would feel like. So what's more likely? I'd be more bothered by my wife leaving tomorrow or Locked On leaving tomorrow. And, I, yeah, man, it's actually hard because I always argue that a man... The most important thing in a man's life is his purpose, and this, frankly, is my purpose. Now, obviously, once I have a family and we get things going that way, that becomes even more the priority, and she definitely is my priority, but without this job, I wouldn't be as happy and the type of husband that I want to be for her if I didn't have Locked On Dolphins, so the ripple effect of me getting bummed out or even depressed if I didn't have this job and this podcast might impact my marriage that way, so I think it's better to keep who you are and maintain that individuality. But when I think about it in whole, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have gotten this. I wouldn't have put the hard work in to get to this point because I did want to provide for her. I certainly wouldn't be back in school only one year away from a bachelor's degree. So it has to be the wife. She has been the force, the driving force, the lifeblood of this entire project of this growth. I just can't thank her enough for all that. So it would be the wife, but the podcast is a very, very close second. But I think that's a good note to go ahead and end today's show. Again, we have the preview edition on Thursday. You guys aren't going to want to miss that. We have a mailbag edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast coming your way tomorrow morning, first thing. And then Friday after the game, in the early morning hours of Friday on the East Coast and late hours out here on Thursday night on the West Coast, we'll have a game recap for you guys, charting snap counts, who played well, who did not, as well as a follow-up podcast to have for your Friday and for the weekend. And then we'll come back on Sunday with a Sunday night podcast and get the schedule kind of back into the way it has been where podcasts are available for you guys first thing in the morning. But let's go ahead and close up shop on this edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for a mailbag edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Right.